Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So WWDC 2021 was just announced the other day, and uh, it's online only again, which I don't think is a big surprise, uh, given the state of the world. I think that's the right decision, and also not surprising. It looks like it's going to be very similar to last year, um, which actually I'm looking forward to, because... You know, even though there are certain things about the online-only format that are not as good or missing that we had in the in-person uh, days, as we discussed last year, there were a lot of things about the online-only format that were better and certainly way more accessible to way more people um, and, and way less disruptive even to the people who, who were previously attending the conference in person. So honestly, I, I, I kind of like this and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, it's I'm probably fair to say we it is uh, has been announced and it is June seventh through eleventh, so it's back in its kind of earlier in June f- slot. Um, you know, in twenty twenty, it was a, they pushed it. You know, it's not like they ever announced a date, but typically it had been sort of the first full week of June, um, and now it's sort of back in that more of that slot. Um, and it's I'm very excited for it. I think I, it, it didn't. I was sort of slightly stealing myself for the reality of having to decide if they had deci- if they had announced an in-person conference, whether I would have gone, whether that, you know, like that's a really complicated calculus from, you know, it's like, it's just sort of the professional and business reasons to be there, but the personal and just general safety reasons. And I'm glad that they didn't sort of cause that to be a choice that we had to make. I think it's the right choice, but um, especially given how last year's one went, I think this is, this is the way forward. Like this is, I think it worked really well. I think it was a very effective tool uh, for communicating what they needed to communicate. And like the reasons to have an in-person one are mostly kind of the, the the vague, amorphous, kind of soft things that it's it's nice to have an in-person thing. It maybe is a bit more noteworthy. It gets a little bit more energy and excitement, but it's also like super exclusive and means that the majority of your developer community um, is not actually getting the prime experience. You know, like in their press release for WWDC, they say there's, you know, 28 million developers. Um, and so like the 5,000 who are there in person, or maybe it's 10,000 who are in San Jose that day, if you imagine some people go for side conferences or just to be there, you know, it's a tiny, tiny fraction um, of the actual developer community. And so having a you know an event that is um, online first and online only, uh, I think definitely, you know, sort of, it, it works really well. I think it was very effective, and you know, I'm very excited. I'm you know clear, cleared my schedule for for that week, um, and expect to spend a lot of time you know watching videos, diving into the new stuff, and um, you know learning. And it'll be I think my twelfth WWDC, something like that. Um, I think yeah, it's like since 2009. I think was my first one. So it's you know it's, it's just a tradition. My family knows that. It's like it's like if it's somewhere in June, there's going to be this week that I just disappear. And previously, I would actually disappear and go to California, but now I'll just like disappear into my office for the week. Um, and you know, they'll just sort of pass food under the under the door to me to keep me going. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, there's so much about this that works better for for me selfishly. Like I don't I don't have to leave the beach. <laughs> you know, like, there's there's so much about this that that I like. And even though I do miss the social interaction and I do miss like being in the auditorium for the keynote and like being part of that crowd, that was always fun. But the rest of the week, I don't really miss, you know, and and the rest of the logistics and 
you know, spending the obscene amount of money, as you previously noted, it's an Apple Watch a day, basically, to Something like that, yeah, to, to stay there. <laughs> and you know, so you'd be spending thousands of dollars on hotels, thousands of dollars on the ticket and flight and everything, and it's just like it, it was—it's so much money, and it's such a big time commitment that it really pushes so many people out. And and the you know the limited capacity, as you mentioned, compared to the size of the, of the developer community, it, it's just it's no, there's no way that can ever be that inclusive just because of the nature of making people travel at all let alone to an expensive place like like san jose or san francisco so i'm all for the new format and if i'm honest i I know this is maybe unpopular but if i'm honest when and if they ever return to in-person versions of this i'll be a little bit disappointed to lose this yeah and i think that's fair and i I mean i think I think there was a, I think I saw something that Mark Gurman was saying that their their hope is to return to in person next year. Um, I think was something that he he had sort of he had heard from his various sources in Apple, which I think from a general like safety perspective, I can see that being a reasonable kind of like, huh, that seems about right. That you know, hopefully by then things will have settled down and be safe, and yeah, um, it is it isn't unrealistic to imagine that. But yes, I too will be kind of like I'll be happy, but also kind of sad, and um, like I like that it's not the big stress in my life, like before they would announce, like I used to have, you know, alert systems of many kinds and, you know, systems that were all trying to make sure that as soon as the WWDC was announced, I was notified because I would need to book a whole bunch of stuff. Um, you know, there was a t- times when it was, I also need, would need to buy a ticket. And thankfully, you know, it's been more like now it's just a lottery. So there's not that pressure, but it definitely was very kind of weird that they, it came, it was announced. I put it on my calendar and I just kind of moved on for the you know, the rest of the day, it right. wasn't like, okay, now I go and booking, you know, t- uh, travel and uh, hotels and all the things that I previously would have to do. It's nice that it's just a thing that I can just add to my calendar and look forward to. And it doesn't have the associated stresses and kind of logistical nightmares that um, used to be associated with it. Yeah. And, and I think, and we know now from last year's version of it, that this format works like this is successful it's going to be fine it's not going to be the same as in person and you know there are you know we're going to miss the social experiences at the mostly terrible restaurants and bars uh we're going to miss you know hanging out in the very very expensive hotels lobby and seeing people here and there Uh, and we're going to miss uh access to in-person labs which i do think are very valuable but all of those things are things that are only applicable to a very small percentage of the developer community. Like what, like when you go and when you have in-person labs and, and if you try to like meet people from the community in hotel bars and stuff, how many of those 20 whatever million developers have access to that? And even what, even if they actually go to the conference, what percentage of those five or 6,000 people that are there will actually have that kind of interaction? And it, it's not zero, and and that's and that has benefited the two of us quite a lot over the years. Yeah. Um, but it's also not very high, and so what this is doing is kind of it, it evens out the playing field for a lot of people, and it forces Apple to scale what they're doing to be accessible to more of their developers. You know, like they, I, they I, from what I heard, the labs were were actually pretty accessible last year. Like the online labs uh, capacity was pretty good. And it was available to a lot of people. Um, certainly, the the conference material itself they've been making available, you know, for years with like live streaming and, and recorded streams going up pretty fast and stuff like that. So, like that, they've already pretty much solved. Uh, so, I I think this is a good thing. 
Yeah. I mean, I will say as someone who went to the labs last year, I went to several of them. Uh, I think they were actually a better experience than the in-person labs. Um, and, and for two reasons, uh, primarily one is that, um, it is a dedicated scheduled appointment that you have, um, which was very just helpful in terms of like, I got whatever it is, my, I can't remember how long they were, I mean, 20, 30 minutes, something like that. Like it was a good amount of time, I think. You should get started. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm very good at getting a lot covered in uh, less than 30 minutes. Yeah. Everything um, you do is a 30 minute block. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe it was a or at least a multiple minute. of fifteen. Yeah, I think it was a fifteen-minute slot, maybe, and then once I got a double slot because I had a long lot of questions, and they just they had availability, and so they just sort of like double booked me. Yeah, well, because um, there's two of you, that makes sense. Yeah, um, but I thought it was interesting. It's like I wasn't like the labs were the thing that I was most worried were going to be be missing. That I, I usually got a huge amount out of them, and I would really, you know, I would spend hours every day in the, when I've been uh, been in, in person at WWDC in the labs. And I really liked it. It was scheduled. It was, a, it was in a scheduled appointment, which was great for like, I'm not having the thing where I'm just like waiting around. And then it's like, oh, actually, you know, you need, you know, you need so-and-so and they're talking to someone else. So can you go and linger kind of in, you know, in this corner over here? And once they talk to this person and then this person, then they'll come and talk to you. It was very much more like you, when you make your booking, you put in what your questions are. You put in what you're interested in. And it seemed like every time that I went and had, you know, had a lab, it was, I was talking to the right person. It was never this sort of situation where, you know, like the person who built the thing in clock kit that I was having, a, you know, having problems with or had questions about, like I was talking to them and it was great. And it was very uh, time efficient from that perspective that, you know, usually when I go to the labs, I would, it's kind of like I would block off, you know, an hour to go and ask, you know, I'm going to spend an hour in the labs and I'm probably actually only spending 15 minutes um, actually productively engaged with someone because the rest of it is the waiting around and things. So I love that it was scheduled. And then also I kind of liked that it was um, like the, the online format made it much more natural. Like they did screen sharing. I think it was done over WebEx or one of those kind of like corporate um, yeah, it was WebEx. things. And it's like I was able to just on my own computer, I shared, you know, if there's a few times I can like share my screen and show them what the problem I'm having or see what it is. And it, it, it felt in a weird way. It was, it was, it was better because it's like, it's almost like I'm bringing an Apple engineer into my office and they're looking over my shoulder. Um, and that felt much more natural. And, um, I felt more prepared, able to prepare to effectively be useful in a way that like it, it always felt like I was rushing and like sometimes I would, you know, pull out my laptop and show them things. But even that like it can be kind of kind of a weird and awkward interaction where it's like handing your laptop to someone you don't know. Like it's, it's just weird in a way that it felt much more like, you know, here's my code, here's my question. Um, and I was able to get my answers. And so like in, in some ways, all that's left, I think that is a benefit of in-person WWDC is the social aspect of it. And, like the kind of spectacle part of it, but the actual, like that was labs are the last thing that I thought would be where, you know, would have been, Oh, you know, in person will, they'll be better. And it's like, I think this is better. And it's like, I could imagine a world where, you know, if they had an in-person WWDC, but they kind of continued this online version of it, you know, so it's kind of like a dual, a dual conference. You could imagine where there's in-person labs and there's online labs. I could imagine going to the online labs from my hotel room, because I like the feeling and the flow of it better. And I like that it's a scheduled appointment and all of those benefits that mean that it's kind of silly in some ways. But I could imagine being in San, in being in San Jose, having a labs appointment with some other Apple engineer, um, you know, sitting in San Jose at, at their computer. And like all that we're left with is 
you know, the social part, which is, 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 is no small thing. It's not like it's nothing, but it's definitely, um, a hard thing to overcome. I mean, even I was thinking, um, how previously they've had some like fitness events, um, in the mornings of WWDC where they'll have like a run or a, um, a yoga class or things like that. And it's like, I would be very surprised if this year there is not a Apple fitness track, um, like the Apple fitness plus videos oh. for WWDC. Like it, it seems like a perfect fit that they should have, you know, one video, they'll have like four videos, you know, with different Apple fitness plus instructors, um, that they can just sort of add to the feed. And it's just a special event. And it's something about, you know, it, it's like they could totally even replace that part of it, which was kind of fun. And like they have an <laughs> entire mechanism and thing that they can do to, um, you know, bring Apple fitness plus, uh, and have like little fitness events, uh, as part of it too. So like almost everything can be done online. And if, you know, it, sort of either approximated or improved uh, by being online that's a really good idea yeah so i'm all for it and uh i think apple made definitely the right call on doing this this year and and i hope they consider it for future years yeah and and it's funny they're continuing to do their um their student challenge which used to be the, the, the student scholarship program where you used to you know you'd get a free ticket to wbc so it was rather um uh, significant in terms of its actual, in terms of the the monetary value, whereas now you get a jacket and some pins, which is nice. Um, certainly, is a is is not nothing. And I think obviously the bigger thing you get is kind of the the resume builder of you know if you were one of the winning you know Apple Swift Student Challenge people. And my suspicion is it also puts you on Apple's radar. And there are benefits if you are a student, if you're someone who is eligible to participate in that, to go ahead and do it. And if, if not even just for the experience of it, of going through kind of that experience and, you know, kind of coming up with a interesting self I think you, you basically build a Swift playground file that does something cool and you show that to Apple. And like, that's never going to be a bad thing to have in your resume or to show up but, you know, a future employer or even to show Apple. Um, like I've definitely heard from, heard of several people who, um, were hired or at least offered, uh, interviews at Apple after they, they submitted their student challenges that they're kind of a, a way, you know, it's just a way to get on Apple's radar for all the benefits that that could potentially have, uh, for your life or your career. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Way more than the actual, like, you know, $60 jacket and pin set. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is much more exclusive. I will give you that. that That's true. Previously, previously the jackets were given to you know a few thousand people, and now you got to imagine, um, you know, the people who win these jackets. It's a few hundred people at most, um, distributed all over the world. So, if you do have one of those jackets and that pin, or one of those pin sets, it is it is much more exclusive, but perhaps not as uh, <laughs> significant in terms of um, its monetary value. <laughs> you can join the tens of people who try to sell wbdc jackets on ebay for 500 dollars. <laughs> that is always a thing all right we are brought to you this week by spokes a communications agency if you have a brilliant idea that'll change the world spokes knows that whether you're pitching investors or selling products or services a compelling story is the difference between your business struggling or thriving in a crowded market the best story wins, and Spokes helps you tell your best story. Spokes gives lean and hungry businesses the boost of a full-service media agency at a scale that works for you, communication services within your budget. 
Their founding team has decades of experience in tech, news, government, public relations, and marketing. They can amplify your story so your business can go to new places. Are you the next college kid who forgets a thumb drive on your way out the door leading to an idea to sync files in the cloud that will revolutionize the way we use computers or something like that? Maybe you're probably wearing a WBC jacket. (laughs) Whatever you're doing, Spokes will polish and promote your story. Go to spokes.agency slash radar21 and mention this podcast for a 25% discount. And Spokes is spelled S-P-O-X, Spokes. So that's spokes.agency spox.agency slash radar21 and mention this show for a 25% discount. Our thanks to Spokes Agency for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So what I want to talk about in addition to the WBC announcement this week is a change that I think I'm going to have to make. I'm kind of waffling over how and when to do it in Overcast. Uh, the two biggest podcast players in the world are Apple Podcasts by a pretty big margin, followed by Spotify. And Spotify, when they introduced podcast support, uh, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, whenever that was, uh, they didn't use the word subscribe to talk about the action of adding a podcast to your collection in a way that automatically gives you every new episode. They use the word follow. Now, at that point, every other podcast app used the word subscribe because it was based on RSS feeds and RSS newsreaders that have existed for many, many years. And the terminology used there was always subscribe. And the the action was you were subscribing to an RSS feed. And so in podcasts, they always use the term subscribe to describe, you know, subscribing to a feed, adding this feed to your specialized RSS reader that happens to be a podcast player. So Spotify used the word follow, which was, you know, much more inspired by modern social media uh, things where following an account shows you every new thing from that account by default, which makes sense. It's just not how podcasting was done. And the big news now, you know, if just Spotify had done it, oh, well, but Apple Podcasts has switched their terminology from subscribe to follow in the iOS 14.5 beta, which is probably going to be released you know, any day now. Uh, so the biggest two podcast players in the world, which together represent probably about three quarters of the market, uh, are going to use the word follow instead of subscribe. And so I think this means that all the rest of us have to switch too. I think that means every other podcast player is going to have to switch and, and definitely, you know, overcast trying to appeal to a wide audience. And I was wondering kind of what you thought about this because, I mean, and, and there's there's two different ways to look at it. Number one is like, from from some point of view, I think it makes sense because the word subscribe, people tend to think that means pay. And sure. that probably holds people back. And I've heard, you know, anecdotes here and there of people saying, oh, I, uh, my, my so-and-so friend or relative thought that podcasts were all paid because they thought they had to subscribe to them. Uh, and I'm sure I'm sure the big companies have done like focus groups and surveys and stuff to actually get some data behind this kind of theory. Um, another theory is that Apple's going to launch a paid podcast premium subscription service, and they're going to need the word subscribe for that. And therefore, they have to like free it up by changing the other word to follow. And that may or may not be true. But whether or not that's true, I don't think has any bearing on whether people will start expecting this to be the word everywhere. And so my theory is that I should change as soon as Apple does, because people will start expecting that even though it will probably confuse and possibly annoy large parts of my existing user base 
which is a tricky balance. But like, do I optimize for my existing users or do I optimize for what people expect if they're coming from the other 75% of the podcast market? Yeah. I mean, it reminds me in a weird way of, I remember a while back where Apple changed the, in the app store, they changed from free to get. Oh yeah. Um, it was because it was, it's like, which is the the term you use for acquiring something has, has meaning, has power is, you know, is, is important. In that case, it was, they were, you know, they they were making it clear that free apps weren't free, that they were free initially. And then you'd have, you know, in-app purchases and things. And so they didn't want to, they, I think they were getting, they were actually getting regulatory trouble for saying it's free, but then it's not free. Yeah. Um, but I think in this case, it, it's, it is certainly an interesting thing. And I think a lot of it comes down to, to also the, just the way that people communicate. Cause I think while there is, I'm sure, some confusion about subscribe having costing money, I think of one of the most popular, but well, probably the most popular media platform in the world, YouTube, which is constantly full of, you know, like and subscribe. And it's not like and subscribe for money. It's just subscribe. Um, and I don't think people are confused about that in, in, in that context. And so I think this particular move, I think, feels a bit more from Apple's perspective. The one that, thing that makes sense to me is that it's they're creating space for um, you know, essentially the dif- differentiating between for pay podcasts and free podcasts, things that you can just freely subscribe to, um, or add to your subscription list. And they're creating that space. And you, you know, in some ways, Spotify created an obvious place for them to do that. Um, and so I think what is going to be interesting is are, are podcast producers going to start switching to that, um, you sort of sort of that terminology themselves that when and they probably will because if the two you know the vast majority of where you'll actually go and subs, you know sign up for something if they're going to say you know oh follow us in apple podcasts like if that's the phrase that you're going to ha- you know hear at the, you know in the adver- the advertisement for the you know a po- new podcast that's launching they always say it's like you know it's like right now it's you know subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts is a phrase i hear many times on a podcast um then if they're going to change it to follow us wherever you um, get it, then it's like, you know, people are going to go looking for the, the follow button. Um, it's like, or I think something that I was like, I was just looking at Overcast, um, but sort of in preparation for this. And I think what's also interesting is that you currently, like in your main, like subscribe thing, you already call it ad podcast. That's what you have as the header at the top of your um, subscription page. And in some ways, I think that's a much clearer term. I think add rather than follow or subscribe. Um, I think add is actually a very good word there. And I think it fits with the, ter- um, you know, you have a plus button in the top corner, but then, you know, plus addition. It's, I think there's a consistency there. And it kind of also, I think, gives you that flexibility to not necessarily be tying yourself to one or the other. So. I think so. Getting away from subscribe, I think, does make sense. I think subscription is increasingly becoming, and especially because, like, you offer a subscription inside of your application. The the other, you know, the place that you also say subscribe is, you know, in your if you want to be an Overcast Premium person, um, then like you have, you know, would you like a, you know, would you like a subscription and like you're using that term for two different things inside of the own app. So changing it, I think, in general, would have been a useful thing. Um, and for me, I think ad is the way is the way to go. I think like follow feels strange to me um, for I don't know why, but I, I, I don't follow a podcast, but I could see adding it like add us, you know, it's like you're, I'm adding it to my list. Um, and so that makes sense. But I definitely do think this is one of those tricky places where 
you know, it, it's a powerful word, you know, because what you don't want is for a user to be, you know, going to go in your app. They see, oh, you know, they go they hit plus. They, you know, oh, they, they see the daily. They've heard of that. That sounds great. Uh, and then, then they see subscribe. And you don't want them to not push that button because they're worried it's going to, you know, pop up a, a, a pay sheet or something. And so giving it a, a, a less scary name it doesn't seem like it costs you very much, but potentially it gives you a, you know, a benefit of get one more user who, um, you know, is, and it may even be it is a, a, a small percentage, but that one extra person who's like, you know, it's like let, let me let me try this out, and then they do, and then it works out better for them, and they you know, then now you have someone who's listening inside of Overcast, which is great and exactly what you want. So that's I think where you are. Like I think what, what you're saying makes sense, but I think and it's I mean the nice I think it's only one one place you'd have to change it mostly in Overcast. It's not like you have a, a complicated um, sort of thing where this terminology comes up over and over so i would just change these for me i would change the subscribe button to add and move on well the, the problem is there's this and first of all the, the actual cost of changing things i'm not too concerned about that because yeah it's, you know it's just me the app is it's a big app but you know it's not i'm not, I'm not changing photoshop here like it's not <laughs> it's not that big <laughs> and uh and and i think it's it is good to have the right terminology even if there is some work required to get there. Um, like, for instance, I was recently doing a whole bunch of database migration stuff for the first time in, in a, a couple of years, probably. And I was able, because of the new version of MySQL I was using, I was able to change all of the replication terminology from the old and pretty bad master-slave terminology to the new source replica terminology. And so my policy was every time I was editing any kind of script that was touching the database that had the old terminology, I would change to the new one. And that added a little bit of extra work, but it wasn't that much. It was a few minutes, and then it was done. And I'm really happy I did that because every time I would see the old terminology, I would really cringe and and just kind of be ashamed of that. And so in this case, you know, obviously this has different reasons, but in this case, you know, I'm, I think I should get there, get to whatever the, the newest terminology should be here because that's what everyone else is going to be doing, and that's what... My customers are going to expect, especially my new customers, but there are some areas where it's a little bit odd, but in some ways it was always odd. So for instance, the the weirdest case for me to deal with is a podcast that you have added to your Overcast account, but that you are not subscribing to all new episodes or following. So there is that toggle on the podcast settings page for each podcast that says subscribe to all new episodes. Now this distinction, I think already confuses people and I think I already need to rethink it. But what do I do with that wording? Like maybe just add all new episodes. And then what do I do with podcasts that you have on your account that exist in your account, but that you are not following or auto adding or subscribe to? And right now they all just sit there dimmed out in the bottom of the list once they're empty. And it kind of sucks. And I've been wanting to rethink that for a while. Maybe this is a separate discussion. <laughs> but yeah. um, but uh, it is like there are areas of the app like that that I have to consider. Um, but I think you're right. I think add is a good word to use in many of these contexts. But it might not matter if add is a better word if Apple Podcasts and Spotify are using follow. I might have to just match what they're what they're using just so people aren't confused. Sure. I mean, but it's like, it's, because it, it, I think what's tricky, obviously, it's like that phrase of like, you know, subscribe to new episodes. It's like follow to new episodes doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it that feels really, it's like follow is a, um, yeah, it's like, so in that case, subscribe works better. I think add does work there, but, 
Um, yeah, it's like, and if ultimately you, this may just be something that's overcome by events, but I, I, I think you'll have flexibility, you'll still have flexibility about this in terms of, you know, if, if they, if they call it follow, um, I don't know if you have to, but I think getting away from subscribe is the thing that is the bigger change. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a weird thing. And it, it's, it's interesting because it deals with these kind of historical roots of something that, you know, podcasting is a strange technology in some ways because it grew up from a very basic web technology. Um, and in, you know, it, it, one of its, one of its great strengths is that it is this, you know, simple, open, kind of platform and once it starts to become something like you were saying even just the phrase you used earlier where it was like that you know when you subscribe to something you see all of the new episodes and then you imagine a world where podcasting isn't that and is more algorithmic and is more like when i think of follow if i if i was using an overcast if i was you know if i was following something in some ways you kind of increasingly are have an expectation that you're seeing an algorithmically driven you know timeline um, which is different than what you certainly have in Overcast or in most podcast plans, but I think is very similar to how like Spotify does it, where it isn't the sense of it's like, you know, when I open Overcast, all I want is a reverse chronological list of every episode of every show that I is on my subscription list. Um, and increasingly, that's not what you get. You know, it's increasingly, I imagine it's somehow algorithmically generated that, oh, you listen to this show at this time, or I think this show fits better for whatever reason, or is, you know, being boosted by something. So there's a lot of external things pushing on you there. But, you know, I definitely, I do think, I do think they are kind of forcing your hand and you're gonna have to make some change. Um, whatever that is, is not, not easy, but it's simply something you're gonna have to navigate. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't love that I have to do like the, the amount of work to do this and to think about it and test it and everything. But I, I do actually think like, oh, this is a good point. We should have dropped this word a while ago because it means different things to most people. And so, you know, to go from subscribe to either add or follow, I think will be an improvement. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Bye.